You are listening to The Sauna Show, a podcast that explores new ways to combat modern life and reclaim your health and vitality. My name is Sebastian Miro and I'm the CEO of Clearlight Saunas International and a passionate entrepreneur and health enthusiast. I'm sitting down with scientists, holistic health practitioners and change makers in the wellness space to talk about all things detox, health and happiness. If you're someone who is confused by the overload of information on diet and all the supplements you could be taking, this episode is for you. Because John Bumpus dives deep into this topic and discusses how hair mineral analysis can stop the guessing game of what your body is actually lacking and what the most typical deficiencies are. It's fantastic. Such a treat. And John is an integrative mineral balancing practitioner who works closely with the science of hair tissue mineral analysis and many other things by the way but he helps people from all over the world to naturally detox heavy metals and address the underlying causes of many chronic health conditions undernourishment and the low mineral levels overall so without further ado here's john bumpus so i'm really excited to have you john back here on the show talking about so many other things that we didn't have time last time so um, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Sebastian. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, nice to see you. So what are we talking about? Well, today we are going to be talking about hair tissue mineral analysis. Cool. That sounds really scientific. <laughs> it is scientific. It's, <laughs> it has a lab and everything. You get a nice report. Yeah. Well, why do people do? I mean, I, I, of course, we will have some overlap of what we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah. But overall, like, wh why would people do hair testing, or why would they do the testing at all? Um, people will do hair testing primarily as a way to identify what their tissue status is for minerals. Hmm. Um, that's one reason why people would do it. Other people that are more in the know of what hair testing actually indicates would know that if they do a hair test, they can learn a lot about their adrenal status and their thyroid status. And it also gives you more information about, say, uh, how you tolerate carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So th it's kind of like a one test, but you get multiple information from it. Wow, that is so, okay. So it's not only, see, I, I thought, you know, um, knowing this whole drug testing and, and you know, all of, the, of those things, you just see what's in the body, but there's much more information that people and, and that the labs can actually find out when just figuring what, out what's actually, what minerals or what, or what is in, in, your, in your hair. Yeah. Yeah, right. So <laughs> because we look at uh, between 20 to 32 different minerals, um, each mineral actually has more than one function in the body. So mm -hmm. it's not like to move you know, your lungs or your muscles, you only need magnesium. You also need sodium. You also need potassium and calcium even. So mm -hmm. when you get a picture of all of these in the ratio with each other, we get a better understanding of certain processes such as how our heart's functioning, how our adrenal glands, et cetera. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. So, so when... You know, and, 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 you know, obviously not everyone has, has issues who would use that type of test, but, yeah. but also just people to, to know where the status quo is to, to optimize their health, eh? Absolutely. So rather than going down the path of, you know, the journey, I guess you could say, of being unhealthy or unwell, um, and say you're saying that you feel well, you feel mm. vibrant, you feel healthy, but maybe you don't sleep too well, maybe... 
you want to stay like this for longer periods. You want to live a long time. You don't want to make it to the average lifespan. You want to make it to the lifespan you want to live to and enjoy your life too, right? Um, I know for myself, I'd rather uh, live my life for a long period of time and be able to do things in, say, my 70s and 80s where I don't want to be like in an old folks home, you know, Mm -hmm. like degrading and degenerating. Mm -hmm. So it kind of works for both kind of areas like that. But we also have people that are elderly that get the hair test because at the end of the day, their doctors just aren't able to really help them nutritionally. They can get pharmaceuticals for them, but they don't know whether or not they need magnesium or any other nutrients that can really improve their health or their quality of life. Mm, I see. So so how would this, this hair tech test work? How do you actually um, get to that? Like, do, do, can you cut just any hair of someone and, and figure out wh- where they are at, or is there quite a method to it? Um, well, first and foremost, you need to have a proper sample. So you can't just like look in the mirror and just kind of cut some hair off and send it to the lab. I mean, you could, but mm. it's not going to give you the best picture of your biochemistry. So what we usually do is we send out a kit so that that's what the kit looks like. Okay, it's just and a little envelope, really. That yeah, yeah, most people think it's a kit. They get a sign for a package when the guy comes. You yeah, know, yeah, that whole process, <laughs> but it actually just fits right into the mail slot. So yeah. it's it's nice like that. Mm. But what the tick the kit com- contains is essentially a balance. So it's just like a cardboard balance. Mm. And what you do is you take the hair sample and the sample has to be as close to the scalp as possible. Okay. And this is because hair typically grows about a centimeter per month. And and a, a good sample is a three centimeters long, which is three months. Depends on the average hair growth. Sometimes it's three and a half, four months. And it gives us a snapshot of that person's biochemistry during that time. So we use the kit and preferably they get the sample taken by a second person because it's really hard to do it yourself. Um, so some people go and they get their hair sampled from their barber or their yeah, hairstylist right. okay. or something. They just mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. and and that's important because a lot of women get their hair dyed. And when you get your hair dyed, it has a lot of metals in dye, right? So you can have titanium and uh, bismuth and nickel and, <laughs> and we don't oh, wow. want that because yes. that gives us an idea that if we just interpreted not knowing that this was a good sample that you may have a increased burden of these toxic metals which is not the case mm. so proper sample proper um, proper cutting of the sample is really important and it's not very hard it's just you got to keep in mind like you know, have you dyed your hair? Mm-hmm. Um, are you using your hair, like the scalp hair? Because mm-hmm. some people don't want to do that. They want to use beard or they want to use armpit or yeah. their, their pubic hair. So that the hairdo is not disturbed, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a big, it's a vanity thing. <laughs> no, no, it's I really get it. It's interesting it. hair like itself, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so we do like to use head hair. Huh. And one of the reasons between why we use head hair is because Firstly, it's very close to your brain. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like toxic metals, such as lead, cadmium, mercury, have an affinity for your nervous system. So they like your nerves, and that's your brain is part of your nervous system, oh, right? Oh, oh, how can they like my, So they're minerals. So, you know, yeah. I, I remember you talking about if you have a deficiency of 
like zinc or whatever that it yeah. would actually the body would use the next best what do you mean by them liking it like that's not really what you mean or do you oh well they have affinity for uh the nervous system so they're lipophilic it's called so they like Philic means like lover. Okay. So you can have like water lovers or fat lovers. And lipo is fat. So they like fat. So they have an, an affinity, you could say, for tissue that's of fat. Yeah, so that's right. why you can have like fish like mercury, yeah. high in omega-3s. But fish is also a common source for mercury because those omega-3s, it delivers it directly through the fat. And when human absorbs it, it kind of goes down that same path where yeah. if we were deficient in say selenium or zinc mm. then we'll use those metals for like a mm. compensation mm -hmm. and it does affect like our primarily our nervous system wow yeah it would yeah so okay so that it just happens that that mineral is stored in and in, in fed or it's just going to to, to they, they're lipophilic so yep. that they have a tendency to go towards the fat right so in one way, it's kind of helpful as biological kind of um, adaptation where it's better to have toxic metals in our fats themselves yeah. rather than in our muscles or in our cells, yeah. right? Like our tissues. Okay. And that's why you also want to eat healthy animals. And when you eat like grass-fed meat, for example, um, the fat from the grass-fed cow is much better than if you were to have, a, say, a steak from a cow that ate soybeans because mm -hmm. <laughs> the toxins typically go towards the fat. So that's why you'd consume it. Yeah, right. That makes sense. All right. So, so that, that okay. So if, if if I tie this together, then you're saying basically, you know, it goes, you know, toxins go into the fat, and um, the, the brain is a really good representation because it has a lot of fat as part of it. And the hair just grows on top of it, and that really works. So, well, it pulls certain. It gives us a better picture of um, your nervous system, and because of our brain is, like I said, it's so close to our head hair. Yeah, it's a good area to check for these metals, right? And hair grows quite quickly. Yeah, compared to say, um, you know, pubic hair and mm. even beard hair, it grows mm. quicker in your head hair. Mm. So it, it kind of gives you more in the now shot yeah and also like like kind of like an esoteric aspect but when you think thoughts and when you have emotions and things like that your brain basically you have brain waves right mm. and, and activity happens in the brain and it's reflected through the minerals on the hair test itself yeah. so not only do we have like physical indicators for minerals on a hair test we can also tell some emotional aspects mm. and, and one of those is like like we see people with calcium shells, we call them. We call it a shell because yeah. they like put up a shell, like a, a calcium. Um, they got like you know at the beach, the the shells on the beach are made up of calcium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they put up this shell of calcium, and it kind of protects them from their internal and mm. external world. And and it, by doing that, it it's like it kind of numbs them and their experiences. Yep. So. It's just one area where we kind of get an indication of some emotional health that's also going on with the hair test itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can see that personality type that is like that. Yeah. But then in reality, it also shows up with exactly that indicator of calcium, which is that protector that, that people put, put around them. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it, the same is true with like other elements like magnesium. Mm. Like the Great Wall of China is made up of magnesium oxide. So it, you can make a wall or a blockade also with other elements and one of them would be magnesium. Um, the opposite's also true. So you can have elements that are very volatile or explosive. And it's not so much my mentality, mm. kind of how I am. I'm more calm down, relaxed. Yeah, right. So heated people. people. Yeah, they're very hot, very fiery, explosive, right? Um, like Miguel, I don't know if you watch the TV often. Miguel is like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he gets all excited. He's yeah. very explosive. He's, that's um, higher sodium potassium levels. You can see that. to calcium to magnesium. Wow. And, and that gives us indication, like I was saying, of their uh, biotype or yes. their psychological aspect. Yeah. So, so we do get a lot of different information from a hair test. And one of the reasons why I like doing it is because it gives you so much information only for, you know, like three to five hundred dollars, depending on who you're okay. working with. And um, so like you, it can cost more depending also if you want to get some more elements tested. Mm -hmm. So you don't always need the extra ones. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just want to know the basic ones. So... It's very helpful for that reason. What are the typical elements, like the, the top elements or minerals that people would test for? The top ones? Mm. Um, well, we usually test for the big four, we call them like calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. Yeah. Those are electrolytes, right? Okay. And those are really important. But the other ones that we typically do test for with the hair test are things like iron, copper, selenium, mm. mag manganese. Um, chromium and phosphorus those are some basic ones and mm. then we look at the toxic metals so we have like nutrient minerals and toxic metals and like you were saying before that i alluded to in the our last podcast mm. was that um our body has a preference for nutrient minerals mm. like it wants zinc it wants sel selenium it wants manganese or copper when you're not going to get them, the body will make an adaptation so that it uses what we call a less preferred mineral. Mm -hmm. And it's it's based off preference, which is a unique biology idea because uh, in Newtonian kind of perspectives, Newtonian physics, mm -hmm. or um, you don't think that the biology has a purpose. It has a goal in life or something, right? That's an idea called teleology. It's for another talk, <laughs> but you know, it's part of the new biology, we call it. Yeah. Um, so the body has a preference in what it will use. It's not mm -hmm. just silly and use whatever is closest to it. Mm -hmm. It will use a nutrient mineral preferably. So when you don't have these nutrient minerals in adequate levels, you do build up toxic metals. And, and they do the same function, but at a reduced efficiency. So it's like when you need a belt, you can use a leather belt right that's yeah. ideal we prefer yeah. to use that mm. maybe you prefer hemp <laughs> yep, sure. right um but say you don't have that belt yeah well, you can use a shoelace will it serve the same function yeah mm. is it as good uh when i was a skateboarder it sounds good <laughs> right but it serves the same function yeah it might have side effects <laughs> it doesn't stretch <laughs> cut your circulation off right so you're saying that mercury, for example, actually yeah. can uh, pr um, produce some functions and help with some things in the body, but it has side effects or has... I do, yeah. Well, and, uh, it is a unique aspect yeah. and a unique perception to see it like that because um, people are very polarized. They say, this is good for me, this is bad for me, mm -hmm. and never the two shall meet. 
where, where this perspective brings in together that you can have uh, nutrients that are toxic and when they're out of balance, such as a calcium shell, calcification, for example, mm-hmm. or um, high toxic metals, which are toxic. But in this perspective, it kind of blurs the lines where some of the toxic metals now become nutrients mm-hmm. and they make adaptations, like the body adapts to use them. So it blurs the lines and some people don't like that perspective, but to me, it makes a lot of sense. And that's oh, where I come from. Yeah. And if you think about times when we weren't as mobile, like, you know, society before it was super mobile and go, go mm-hmm. places and get, you know, food from all over the world and all the rest of it, you're quite locally bound. Or you're very locally bound, which means whatever presents itself as the minerals and, and the plants and so on, that's what you get. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that the body just wants to run and it prefers the high, high value, really efficient uh, mineral. But if something is there that can do the job for now, mm. it will use that. It might be not, yeah, it might be not perfect, but at least it's there. Yeah. 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 Um, um, it also runs into another idea that's called triage theory. I don't think I mentioned this in no. the last call, but what it triage theory is, is basically that the body it should be getting nutrients mm. um, in adequate amounts, but because through bio, uh, through evolution or whatever you want to say, um, people had shortcomings of nutrients coming in and rather than the body just going, okay, no zinc, I'm done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what happened? Like you just <laughs> stopped living. Right. It goes, Oh, how can we adapt? So that, that's how that compensation comes in that I alluded to before. But triage theory talks about um, making um, short-term survival mm-hmm. very important, right? Like you need to live moment to moment. Mm-hmm. But at the expense of this becomes long-term health. So you trade in your long-term high-quality health for short-term survival. And, and that's how, how the body would adapt as well. So it does fit into some other concepts and that being one of them. Wow, that's, yeah, that makes definitely a lot of sense. So yeah. that's why if you want to go yeah. longevity or mm. uh, anti-aging or pro-youthening, mm. whatever you want to call it, that's one reason why you'd be interested in balancing your minerals at a young age mm. rather than waiting until you're 50 or 60 because you, you don't, you'd want to have um, the most like long-term as possible and you don't want these adaptations to be happening and cutting your lifespan down, down, down. I wonder then if, um, it's maybe far-fetched, but if you think about, you know, let's say tuna and tuna has a lot of mercury in it, mm-hmm. for example, would that mean that they have a deficiency of better options and absorb the mercury because of the, the fish himself? Wow, why would it otherwise take it? To me, that makes sense. Okay. And, and I do think that they're probably not getting adequate nutrients, mm. the animals themselves. Mm. And I think that's true also for livestock. Oh, so yeah. So you have like cows and mm-hmm. cows have higher, you know, arsenic levels or something. Mm-hmm. It's probably because they're eating food, like their feed, animal feed mm. is higher in these toxic elements and they're not getting supplemented. Um, I do know some farmers that like, well, no, that like insurance for a cow is nutrients. You give them supplements, yeah. vitamins and minerals. Uh, we lose that kind of idea when we get into human health. They go, oh, no, you're deficient in Tylenol. You know, <laughs> you need a drug, right? But yeah. in animals, we do it differently. We use uh, nutrients. Wow. So okay. when you ta- ask about the fish in the ocean, mm. I think it's the same concept would still apply. I don't mm-hmm. think that it would discriminate on the organism. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's only a human thing. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, that definitely makes sense. And probably Mercury is more readily available than many, many other things as well, trace minerals and that. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we dump a lot in the ocean, so <laughs> 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 yep. uh, that's how it gets there, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't really be that high in there. Yeah. So, okay, so... That's amazing. So we can really see that that, that uh, playing out in the test itself, and and you know the, the, those are the ones that you mainly or that you, you tested the top ones of those. So where from there? Like, what would you actually? I mean, I, I sense already what's going on is next. You would would, would need someone to actually interpretate that and come. And I guess there are many different systems of how you would do it. Some people would. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So right. Mm. this is an interesting question. The thing is, because we live in a time when people are like biohackers. Right? Mm. I can do it all myself. I have Google. Right? Yeah. Why do I need yep. to know, get someone else to help me with this? And, and the truth of it is, is, well, you can spend many years to really figure it out. Mm. You probably could, you know, if you really did the study, be able to figure it out. But by the time you really get an idea of how it's going, your hair test is kind of outdated because you're supposed to get them every three to four months. <laughs> it takes like a year. Yeah, ju just on that. And I think some people... And, and I would be one of them saying, like, well, you know, blood tests, a couple of months ago, before I talked to you the first time, mm. I think, you know, blood tests is probably the bee's knees and that must be it. And then I realized what you were saying is like minerals are in the bones of ours, which means that's something that doesn't happen overnight. And um, whereas blood is something that is more an instant picture of what's going on. So it yeah. will actually not tell me whether I ate, I don't know, a lobster a month ago that was completely full of mercury because mm. it will not be in my blood anymore, luckily. But yeah. it will probably show up in my bone and I guess hair is sort of like a bone, eh? Well, it's a Storage. tissue. And it, okay. goes in, it hides in the tissues of areas of least importance. So That's it's, very it's clever. The body's wisdom again, right? Please about that. Yeah. So yeah. so hair, we usually cut it off, huh. right? And we can use it as a form of reservoir to get some nutrients back out of it if we really need, which is kind of cool. That's why people go uh, gray hair over you know, night due to a, an extreme stressor because their body will pull it all out to use it. No, hold on, so, no, 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 stay there. That's oh, amazing no. <laughs> because, I, because I have seen over and over again people yeah. getting white overnight and I always wondered, I always thought it must be somehow like the body just needs so much of something, so much energy that it stops that function. I never mm. thought about, but then I've also seen people that actually change back to normal color less often, yeah. but there's certainly that happening. So you're saying the whitening has a lot to be, has, has a lot to do with actually drawing it back out. It does. Wow. Um, and the actual color of hair also impacts by the mineral levels as well. So like calcium and zinc are very light um, colored. Mm -hmm. That's why when you, uh, you see a lot of like furniture painted with calcium or chalk, right? Mm. And, and it's white. And same with zinc. You put the old zinc uh, mm. sunscreen on and it's white. Um, and then all, then the other aspect, you may have very like dark hair. So you could be like people with black hair. They may have higher iron or manganese in their hair. Um, maybe even some copper. What, so, so are you saying that people in Ireland have a lot of copper in their soil? People in Scandinavia, Northern, Northern <laughs> Europe have a lot of calcium and zinc in it. I can see mm -hmm. surfers are always blonde. I'm sure there's another reason, but they use zinc uh, yeah. cream quite a bit. And then down down southern Europe or you know in South America, you would say that there there are different minerals in, in the soil altogether. Is there a correlation? I know that there's would be different amazing. minerals in the soil, but I'm I'm not sure. To be honest, I never actually considered that much that far. <laughs> like, oh, Italians, they have more iron and manganese. I like I never actually yeah thought that. Someone so needs to do it. I'm going to have to do more. Yeah, well, look anyway. at it. Like, just be aware of that and come back and tell us because I think, yeah. well, you know, 
you know, every hair color, color, hair color is, is, is beautiful, but it, it would yeah. be interesting to see that because what I've heard, I'm sure you've heard that too, that like kids, kids are blonde and then they change to another color. And I'm sure there's a DNA yeah. reason for that as well. But there's also this whole thing that um, with age, color changes of the of the hair you know normally mm -hmm. to the darker thing and then you know definitely to the white one but wouldn't it be amazing if that is actually just based on the minerals that are not present in the body anymore and therefore it's pulled out of the hair wow yeah, i've seen Easy. a lot of, i've tested a lot of people with like gray to white hair like yes. you know over age 60 okay and most of them do have very high calcium levels um not all the time sometimes we we have a pattern we call four lows which is where calcium magnesium sodium potassium are all quite low mm. it's four lows mm. <laughs> wow. so it's kind of both aspects where that it could be at a high calcium or it could be the overall low minerals in the hair um one of the things though with gray hair is that they're often in burnout like and as we age we get more burnt out because we live our life and mm. you know by the time we get to our elder years usually we're exhausted right and that's we don't really do much and in the, mo in the modern world, people are mostly eating like, you know, uh, bread, tea, and biscuits, right? At least in England and stuff. Yeah, and, no, no. Yeah, you know, my grandparents do that. They're like, yeah. well, what do I need? I just eat bread, you know, biscuits and tea. That's what we do. Uh, but they lack that minerals. So I, that's another aspect where I think is really important is getting mineralized. Just talking about, you, you're saying that, you know, people who turn white, um, can see i'm a little bit interested in that because my, my beard is turning white and i'm really really vain of course as, as you know as one is or some people are so yeah. i just wanted to figure this out also from the point of view what you said before is that the body uses different minerals to compensate for something else yeah so is it the excessive use of calcium in the diet that causes that or is it actually that something else is missing in these people's diet most likely and therefore okay. they use calcium because that's what's there Jeez. This is an interesting. Just question. your opinion. No, I mean, you know, this you... is an interesting question. Mm. I'm I'm a little different than even a lot of my colleagues, where I recommend mm. people still take calcium supplementation. Yeah, I, I do think that it's a necessary nutrient, and the reason being is because I see a lot of people with weak bones, mm. and not to say that your bones are only calcium, mm. but that calcium is being pulled out of the bone, and then it circulates circulates and what. I think is more important is not necessarily the deficiency of calcium or taking too much calcium, but the fact that you're missing the cofactors, like the things that are needed so that it stays in solution rather than just kind of um, being put in places as if it were a toxic metal. So, so the tools to actually utilize the, these minerals. Yeah. And yeah. I think another aspect is also that because calcium is kind of like uh, you can use it to make a shell, right? Hmm. So you, the body can actually store toxic metals in a location, like in the joint or something, and then cover it with calcium to protect the body from it. So I think that's why people get things like arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis, Huge. which also so has a viral common. bacterial component. But yeah, I think that that's why it's calcium always gets blamed as a bad guy is because it's present, but it's not always the problem, similar to the cholesterol story. Wow. Okay, just just talk for a minute, just a little bit off the topic, but you know, yeah, cholesterol. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I grew up with with that that story of you know don't 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 do don't many eggs and too many bit butter because yeah. it's really dangerous when you get older. High cholesterol levels are typically correlated with, well, firstly, they're an indicator of inflammation. 
doesn't necessarily mean that the fat that's high in saturated fats, for example, causes inflammation. What it, it indicates is that your body is inflamed. And, and one way that your body can be um, in a state of inflammation is due to these nutrient deficiencies. So you can have, um, obviously you can be a hard worker and you, you go and you do landscaping or you do stonework or something. You, you're yeah. putting yourself through the ringer. Mm. You, you got inflammation. The other aspect is that say you're not getting enough copper and a lot of people do get copper, but they don't have the ability to utilize it properly. And it gets stored in places like the nervous system and the brain and in the liver and in the muscles. And it causes a lot of nasty side effects that we, we see a lot of copper toxicity in our testing, <laughs> but I think that's a different story. Um, but because copper toxicity, you have too much of it, you also have a simultaneous deficiency of it. So when you have high cholesterol levels, typically you have a deficiency of copper, at least circulating copper, copper or copper that's bound to a protein in the blood, like mm -hmm. ceruloplasmin. Yeah. Um, the other one is manganese. So you can have high cholesterol levels because of low manganese levels. And, and that one is, it can be gotten, you know, you can get it from food. But it's one of those things where you need a lot of it. I, I like using manganese supplements, but the thing is, is like in comparison, the the bioavailability or the absorption of this isn't very effective. So like we can give you copious amounts um, and then we can do test your hair in six months and it probably barely move on the hair test. Not to say that just by taking a supplement, you can actually just raise that level on a hair test because there's different ways to change that. But um, it's just something that, it doesn't really raise very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so manganese and copper are really important for high cholesterol levels. Another one is uh, magnesium. So we see like uh, cholesterol being very elevated in people that are quite low in magnesium. And as we grow, um, I was going to say grow up, but <laughs> as you're like, you know, <laughs> as you get older and older, yep. you typically see people that don't eat a large amount of vegetables they kind of are acclimated towards eating just like protein, like meat. And okay. they think like, like my father, for example, it's like, you need meat. That's like yeah. all you need. But they overlook the aspect that you're like, you need magnesium. And where do you get that? Well, it comes from the green pigment of plants, hmm. right? And I think that a lot of people with high cholesterol also benefit from like a, a vegan diet or even a plant-based diet, like vegetarian, because they get that... Um, well, they get a lot of copper from both those diets, but then they also get a lot of magnesium from mm. both those diets because mm -hmm. of the plants. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So just um, coming back to what you were saying earlier. So so, so the body normally stores certain things into into the hair, but then it goes all the, the other way around of um, pulling it out again when it needs it, right? Yeah. So and then at one stage, let's say we turn white at that moment, there's none left and that's when all the different avenues for the body are probably exhausted and getting what it needs. We do see that. Um, see, we, we can store a lot of minerals in our bone marrow. Mm -hmm. And I think we alluded to that in our last talk as well with the gene component, um, which is like our primordial essence, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but these minerals stored in our bone marrow and they circulate through our cerebral spinal fluid. And, and that's where they also access our brain and end up in our hair which is quite cool but when you're very low in these minerals overall that's when you really start to have a harder time making energy just in general so people think oh you take 
carbs, protein, and fat, and you eat those, you get energy, right? Uh, that's like half the truth because you also need micronutrients to actually light up these this fuel to make ATP in the cell, and ATP in the cell is energy. It's like cellular energy. Mm. And that's the energy process that we want to enable. And to do that, you need like, about, I think, 13 different micronutrients, which is like B vitamins, copper, even iron. Mm. Um, so once they start to get low minerals overall is where they get exhausted and tired. And that's where you see people, they're like run down. And we used to think it was only in our elders, right? People in 50s, yeah. 60s. But we're seeing it now even in people in their 20s where they've like worked two, three jobs, going, 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 and then they basically lived on coffee and don't sleep. And, and they're burning the wick at both ends, so to speak. Mm. And the wick is kind of like their nutrients. They're burning <laughs> these out. Yeah. Right? And we talked in the last bit, stress burns nutrients and all this stuff. So yeah. that, that's what I definitely think is one of the causes for that. Yeah, yeah. And so the bone marrow is really sort of the storage of, of quite a few things there, and, and that must be why bone broth and, and what have you mm. are becoming so so popular right now and i was always a bit when i heard that i was always a bit mm, questioning you know how, how good can it really be but yeah. you know that there's science behind it I, I guess that would really so yes the water that come you know that you use that broth that you use has really these minerals in it and, and they are the ones that we're missing in, in our body hey? yeah yeah um i think bone marrow itself can be quite high in iron uh, and it might be a little too much for some people okay that that's just my way i see it yeah um because to properly utilize iron, you also need copper. Like I was saying before, a lot of people either are very low in copper or they have copper toxicity, which they're still very low in copper. Yeah. That's just not available mm. for them to use it. So I don't think it's always the best thing just to say, like, like we <laughs> I have some people that say, oh, I don't need to supplement. I eat bone broth all the time. And I'm yeah. like, I don't see that as like a, a reason to not use any supplementation if that makes sense yeah just because it is a good source mm. but you also set yourself up for weird uh imbalances as well because um animals like humans um so say we need calcium we pull mm. it out of our bone but we still need our bone so we'll, we'll switch it with lead right <laughs> and the, the yep. thing is the animal will do that right and I, especially here in australia you drive down the road you see all the animals near the road Right, so there's kind of a source for accumulation of toxins in the animal bone itself, just as much as there's the good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're going to use this form of supplementation, it, you, I don't know, I don't think it's the best idea. Yeah. Um, it's just how I see it. But I, I do think bone broth itself is very good. Uh, I prefer to use the connective tissue of animals rather than like, you know, the femur or something. Connective tissue meaning. Oh, um, like for example, I like to use chicken, and we use like, uh, like the claws. Okay, that's one. Yeah, um, right. Which is really feet. popular in, in sort of some Asian countries as well. Hey, it's, it's they're hard to get here, but uh, <laughs> we have had some. We have had turkey ones. Yeah. Um, we also like using the chicken because it's got like the chicken spine in there, and it's kind of got like the connective tissue there, and, and that's where I think we get like collagen. You don't get it right. from a bone. You yes. get minerals from bone, mm -hmm. but you get connective tissue from boiling connective tissue. <laughs> like that's where you get the collagen. <laughs> uh, and that's what we want, right? Yeah. When you do these types of hair tests, mm. what, are this, can you do it anywhere? Or, you know, what, what, what are the labs that are out there that, that you know about that, that, that do a really good job? Because I'm sure um, yeah. 
it's it's a spectrum of, of of quality price and all the rest of it yeah no that, that's a really good question because some people come to me with various hair tests that they've already had done and they want an interpretation of it mm. and i look at the hair test and go oh it's doctor's data like and they mm -hmm. go oh is that not a good hair test and i'm like well it's a hair test mm -hmm. uh there's downsides of certain labs and so doctor's data even though they've done hair testing for many many years they wash the hair sample and the thing is is um like sodium and potassium that are in our hair that we use to identify like your uh, metabolic rate or your thyroid indicators or your adrenal gland are based typically off sodium and potassium so when they wash the sample they pull out these elements and some of the it's, sometimes it's not even like they just wash it once sometimes it's like they wash it three four times and then they add a chemical and detergent and they, like they make sure it's super clean <laughs> and it, you know and it it, it kind of ruins the sample in my opinion of mm. what the person status is and lowers these things so um i prefer to use the labs analytical research labs that's per my personal favorite i use that all the time mm -hmm. that's what it looks like that you know the, the blue colors <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. Um, i have trace elements uh as well which is really a good lab that's they also create that they actually sell minerals and stuff as well hey? they do in, in okay. Austria you can find them um you can find uh they're going to the interclinical branding here in Australia but they're a company based I think it's in Texas in America um so I use both those labs for mm -hmm. various reasons I do prefer to use analytical research labs primarily because they test for lower levels of heavy metals um yeah so it's just a preference i like to see mm -hmm. someone's actual state before i just kind of not worry about them yeah. sometimes you yeah. see people very low mineral levels and that doesn't always mean that you're low that can mean that you can have a high amount in the body and you're not eliminating it mm -hmm. right so like lead cadmium and those heavy metals that's why i want to see their levels at a true state and that's why i like to use arl first uh, sometimes i do use a different one i just <laughs> you yeah. know i use trace elements Sometimes, like, I see, like, because they test for uranium, which is a different metal, which mm. uh, analytical research labs doesn't test for. So in the future, I'd like to see a lab that tests for 44 minerals and all the ones in the cerebral spinal fluid, including uranium, at lower levels. But it's wishful thinking at the time. <laughs> There's no lab that does it. So I, I do like the ARL and TEI, they're called. Um, they do have different, um, I guess, they have different agreements in different countries. So in Australia, the lab's called interclinical. Mm. And in England, it's called mineral check. So, oh, so it's the same, same test. It's the same thing. It's yeah. just people think they're different. So I just want to make sure that they know it's all the yeah. same labs. Yeah. So and, and where you go, where do you go from there? I, I heard you saying like, you know, yes, you, people could Google and after a couple of years, they might have the idea <laughs> of what's really going on with the sample that they took years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but sh cutting that short, they would go to someone like yourself and, and yeah. interpretate that that data. Um, so, what are the steps from there? Like, when you see that data, what, what what type of conversation do you have with these people, and what recommendation do you give them? Um, the first thing I like to do is, that, oh, I have to look at the hair test, right? And I do an intake form as well. So I see, ask them some symptoms that they're going through, and one of the my favorite ones is asking about calcium because uh, I see a lot of calcium deficiency in my personal practice. The other one I like to look at is copper toxicity symptoms with like bipolar or chronic infections or, and we see those a lot more in, um, in women because they have 
they've been kind of assaulted with copper IUDs, like a contraceptive. Right? Oh, okay. And they There's a lot of copper in there. Yeah, it's yeah. made of copper. And then they also, oh, they, they take a, uh, the pill, they call it the mm. pill, <laughs> birth control, right? And, and copper is really correlated with estrogen. So they take a estrogen with this and it increases their copper uptake. So they have a lot of copper problems. So I like to make sure that at least through a questionnaire, we can see if they already have a lot of these indicators for these. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes when we look at the test, sometimes we see very high copper levels, sometimes we see very low copper levels, but they're both indicative of uh, toxicity at the same time. Because if you're not eliminating it effectively, you're building it up. And if it's too high, it's obviously already causing a, a burden. So that's why I use some questionnaire because I see a lot of people with these problems. Other things like with the questionnaire would kind of get an idea of the person's actual state, right? <laughs> like, I have this problem, this is my problem, uh, I have high cholesterol or whatever. And then when I look at the hair test, I can use this information to help give more meaning to these results rather than just guessing, mm -hmm. right? Like, I've mm -hmm. had some people be in a four lows pattern, which is low for macronutrients, calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. And I'm like, well, you must be exhausted. And I go, no, I'm not exhausted at all, right? And I'm like, okay. And then I, you know, they send me a message like uh, a week later or something. They're like, oh, I'm so tired. My doctor says I have chronic fatigue syndrome and I have iron deficiency. <laughs> I'm wow. like, I told you this before, and it, it, because we don't have diagnostic means with a hair test. We have what are called trends, so we can see people with these mineral levels and ratios trends for their health but yeah. they're not diagnostic in any way so when i seen her hair test in this person i knew that she was exhausted mm -hmm. but she wasn't reaching that level yet yet right so it's right. actually good to have a couple of, of tests or just to do it as you said every four months or something like that because yeah. then you can actually see like which direction are we taking it is, is the overload increasing or is it actually going down yeah and the other thing is like rather than willy-nilly <laughs> just guessing whether or not we need um, copper supplementations. Yeah. Like I mentioned, if you have low cholesterol or high cholesterol, sorry, you might need some copper. Rather than guessing whether or not you need it, we kind of come at it as um, using certain indicators for that. So one of them is low sodium potassium. And, and a lot of people that do try and do their own hair test know this one. They go, oh, if you have a low sodium potassium, you need copper. And if you have a high one, you don't. But this isn't always true. And this is why you need someone to properly interpret your hair test <laughs> because sometimes you can take copper um, even though the hair test doesn't indicate it and people still get much, much benefit. But you need to know how long to use it for, how much to use it for. And that's the value of having someone that has years of experience with the test rather than just trying to figure it out. Because, it, I mean, if you look on my website, you'll see one nutrient like selenium, right? And I got like... 60 70 different uh sources for different things that selenium does in the body the average person doesn't know these things right and even some practitioners that don't know these things yeah, yeah. right so it's not that easy um and if you look at say certain nutrients and they go oh it's low i need to take it it that's not really how we work with it that's what we call mineral balancing and an example of that is like um I, like sodium levels which are indicative of um adrenal status right adrenal health your adrenal gland um a lot of people fear taking sodium like salt mm. they go oh that causes hypertension or something well if you give copper 
you can raise sodium levels. So in the new nutrition, we call it, you don't give the nutrient that you would think raises it. So you can uh, lower calcium with copper as well, for example. Mm. You can raise potassium with zinc. And, and like you do it not by giving the nutrient. You give a different nutrient to raise this nutrient, so to speak. Like when you first look at a hair test, you think, oh, I'm low, so I just need all the nutrients, mm -hmm. for example. Mm. It's just not how it works. One of them is like you would think, oh, I need more potassium. If you have a low potassium level, you take so much potassium and it's not going to go anywhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's because potassium levels depend on zinc. And if your zinc is not a good yeah. level, it doesn't matter how much potassium you're getting, you're not getting enough. Wow. So it's just not always um, when you look at it, it's, it's like you we call it replacement therapy, right? It's a form of shotgun therapy that we talked about last time. <laughs> you know, oh, well, I'll just take more, and that that's not how it works. Yeah, but I've, yeah, I, I've come across that quite frequently with friends saying, "Look, you know, I'm, I'm now really taking charge of my health, and you know, I've done the test, and I, and I know all the deficiencies, and I've got all this list of things that I'm now meant to, to take, and you know, they're long lists, and it can be super pricey to do those things. And yeah, um, it sounds like yeah like with a club over the head rather than actually being intelligent about it. And if you know the interactions between those different minerals and how the body works, then yeah. probably can cut it down quite substantially and get actually somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which would be nice. No, yeah, like uh, we see people a lot of time taking vitamin D, very high amounts. And they don't realize that it increases their potassium needs. Um, and if they're not going to make up for that somehow by eating more potassium, then they're actually causing a loss of potassium, which can... Uh, make a thyroid problem worse. Um, the other thing is like sometimes they're taking high amounts of vitamin D and their blood levels aren't changing and they think, well, I'm taking vitamin D, go out in the sun, why aren't I getting it? And it's because they have a magnesium deficiency. So it's like not always clear cut like some of these people think. And that's why biohacking is like really cool, but it's, you got to know what you're doing still. Yeah. You can't just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking about some of the foods and correct me if I'm wrong, right? I remember a guy, um, and he he had actually white hair, and he had a lot of mercury fillings. And I remember he had taken the, the mercury fillings out, and then took a lot of wheatgrass. And wheatgrass, I've heard, contains a lot of, I guess, magnesium, but you know, many other things as well. Yeah. Um. So would that apply as well? That you know, you you have this wide spectrum of minerals, and just hit the body with it or is it slightly different when we go to something that is not really a supplement but more like a you know wheatgrass sort of probably on the edge of it but you know what do you call yeah. it a, a food that yeah that is more balanced that way and helps people um they're like functional foods and, and yeah. wheatgrass is really cool because all grasses pick up all of the minerals in the soil so like they'll pick up like i think 90 minerals wow. right which is like yeah. really good and they get all of them mm. and that's part of the reason why they're so beneficial because they're very high in nutrients. Um, I know of some brands that are way better than others. They escape me at the moment. <laughs> but um, So it doesn't have to be fresh, by the way, because I always thought, oh, no, no, yeah, I have but, to but squeeze you see, it myself. Yeah, you see some people that grow it with um, ocean water, for example, and mm. ocean water has got all the minerals in it. And the wheatgrass loves all those nutrients. It doesn't need just three, like you know that we talked about in the mm -hmm. past. It needs all of these nutrients, and it'll pick it all up. So, when people benefit, especially with like gray hair or something like that from wheatgrass, it's usually because they're getting highly bioavailable nutrients, and they're in ratios that nature chose. 
So nature's always right. Hmm. Right? It doesn't matter. I know I recommend some supplementation, but you can't beat nature. Like, like only yeah. we can try and mimic it at yeah. best, but you'll never beat it. And wheatgrass is one of those examples. So, so do you do you have a list of sort of safe foods that would safe foods from the point of view like yes, nutrient dense, they're really really awesome for mm -hmm. the body, and and you know that's probably your, your go to when you recommend things to people, or or, or is there not such a list, and it really depends <laughs> on the individual? Well, <laughs> you know, there's two levels to this. It's uh -huh. like we we look at oxidation rate on a hair test, and that gives us an indication of what ratio of foods are better for you. So. Slow oxidizers need more protein and carbohydrate, and fast oxidizers, they need more fat. Oh, so that's a body type, is it? Yeah, it's like a body type. Mm -hmm. It's metabolic typing. It's right. an idea from yeah. there. Um, so for fast oxidizers, <laughs> they do great on milk, right? And milk's very high in calcium, and by coincidence, they're very low in calcium. So depending on the body type, some foods are way better than others but as a general idea you could say that um, animal tissues are probably the best sources um, i know a lot of vegetarians and vegans don't like to hear that yeah but it's because the animal themselves needs these nutrients and it puts them in the tissues so when we eat these tissues we get those nutrients mm -hmm. um, the plants though that have really good affinity for it are um, wheatgrass like you've said it's one of them Uh, I like using ocean vegetables. Mm. Like, like I like kelp, um, dulse, wakame, all of those. I we dance around which ones we use, or sometimes we just like throw them all into one little thing and then take a pinch out and put it on our food, right? So we don't have too much of one. Um, so I like those because they come from the ocean, and ocean has all of the elements in it. So I like those. Um, I really like milk. I'm a milk guy. I, yeah, I, I love milk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do, and I know a lot of people don't like it, but yeah. I think it's quite a pure food because, as an, a mother, you're gonna give um, you're gonna give food to a child, a newborn, growing, mm -hmm. and it's gonna be low in toxic metals, right? Like that's just what would not, want yeah, to do. Yeah, the, the, the cow would not naturally put put the the toxins there; it would put it anywhere else, but in the milk that that's it, has, it it's right? Offspring, yes. And that's one of the reasons why I like to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's ethical things behind that, but yeah. um, that's one of the foods I really like for that reason. Uh, the other one is like uh, fermented foods. They're really cool. So you can take like, um, like coconut water mm -hmm. and you can ferment it and that amplifies its vitamin content. How so? How can you multiply? Amplify? Okay, what do you mean by amplifying? Because you okay. know, if you have one gram in it, it will still be one gram after you've yeah. fermented. So vitamins can be made by living organisms, mm -hmm. like humans, mm. by like microbes, plants. They make vitamins. What they can't make is minerals. Mm. Um, there's some idea of biotransmutation, which is a different concept, and you can turn one <laughs> element into another, but um, Simply yes. speaking, uh, you can't just manifest minerals in the body, <laughs> right? With mm -hmm. uh, nice thinking. But they can make vitamins, right? So that, that's why, like, the microbes in our gut supposedly can make all of our B vitamins. Yes. So it's an example. So you don't always need to worry about B vitamin supplementation if you have a healthy gut. Thing is, most people don't have healthy guts. Yes. Um, but when you have... External microbes, like you can take coconut water and add um, 
plantarum species bacteria to it, make coconut yogurt, that will actually improve the vitamin content of that uh, coconut water because microbes can make those things. Perfect. So that's just an example. And you can yeah. always add other things to it. Like I've seen some people take a synthetic vitamin or mineral, you know, from the shop, crush it up, add it to the coconut water and then ferment it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we are sort of like, the, you know, like a farmer, I guess, you know, we, we create other minerals by just doing the right thing with, with the other minerals or foods that we already have. That's, that's stopping thinking just literal of what's seen and, and thinking more intelligently about the flow-on effect of eating, eating mm -hmm. this or that. And it sounds exactly like that. But um, just while you mention it, you said transmutation, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've... <laughs> Louis Curvin. <laughs> the what? His name is Louis Curvin. <laughs> oh, is it one person that talks about them? I, I just sometimes I quite like new ideas. And, and that's, that's an area that, that I don't know much about. But I have heard the whole thing around where calcium is actually not what you need to grow your bones bones yeah. it is actually magnesium and selenium silica oh thanks silica and yeah. that that's what you need to to create calcium or cr create bones right is that a good um, example to talk about no th th that's the example i was saying where like you can probably biotransmute these elements but it takes a lot of energy to do it uh and the thing is a lot of people just don't have that energy most people are quite tired they're burnt out already and when they're just taking silica to make bone, it doesn't seem to work as well <laughs> as you think it would. Um, yeah. So, so it's it's then not true that you're not well, true. Or, you know, there, there's an indicator that the calcium is not the problem for um, calcification that causes all sorts of other issues. Mm -hmm. It's not about the supplementation of calcium that creates all those things. So the solution, therefore, is actually not to bypass calcium supplementation by using um, um, using magnesium and um, and what was the other one? Sil silica. Silica. Yeah. But it actually the cause is, is is way beyond that, and it's it's calcium needs other things to be as a catalyst to actually get somewhere. So the solution is not to bypass calcium to create bone stronger bones or whatever. I think you still need it um, yeah. at the end of the day, and it's not. I, like I used to believe that you just take magnesium, silica, you get some biocell, some horsetail, you're done, right? No problem with calcium. Uh, it just doesn't seem to work. Yeah. Uh, and we have some people like with uh, postural orthostatic tachycardia, which is every time they change the body shape, the heart goes like this. Wow. Um, and they, they've tried the path of just taking magnesium and it just isn't working. And that's because uh, they're losing calcium from their bones. And their muscles and their spine are actually pushing against the nerves and it's causing heart palpitations or tinnitus in the ear or a lot of weird symptoms that people think are something completely unrelated but they're actually based off the health of this uh, the bones mm. so i've seen and i have from these people themselves that suffer from these things they say look i've tried taking copious amounts of magnesium they make me worse right and it's one of these ideas that calcium and magnesium are like the on off switch but what happens when you just keep pushing one of them right mm -hmm. it's like you need that other one and that, that, that's the balance that we see in hair testing is like we kind of get an idea of what you really need rather than just the guesswork right because that's what it always comes down to people guessing yeah oh that's beautiful because i think at the moment there's still the, this this whole thinking of 
we only need we need to look at the deficiencies but not the you know whether we have too much of well you know more of them at least yeah 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 got a couple of questions for you um sort of like a little bit off topic but not <clears throat> and i just came up with one actually that i really we would love to talk talk to you about or ask you about, and that's like in terms of a lifestyle, you know, in the the modern lifestyle that we live. What do you think if if you sketch out the perfect lifestyle for someone that is still practical? How would that look like? Just you know, a couple of bullet points. Of course, we okay. can't get into too many details. Um, I think that they would be growing some food themselves, mm -hmm. but they wouldn't be trying to create all the food that they need. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the, the end of the day, so to speak you need a community to make enough food for everybody. And we can really focus on doing one or two things, maybe three things at home. Uh, so if it were me trying to do the best things ever, I'd be trying to grow like herbs at home that are very easy. So mm -hmm. I, cause I'm not wanting to spend all my time in the garden. Yeah. Um, and I'd be doing, uh, you know, some other foods, small amounts, but I wouldn't be trying to focus on feeding myself or my family. Mm -hmm. My little garden. <laughs> right, so that's one thing I'd come at it with. Uh, I do think it's really important to detox. So it, like enhancing detoxification and sweating. Mm. So that, that's why I love saunas. Mm. Saunas are awesome for that reason. Mm. Um, the other thing would be um, making sure that you're eating a, not just like a balanced diet, but eating foods that are very high in nutrients. I think that's really important because if you're not getting your nutrients, then it's hard to be healthy. Mm. Um, and then having a, a practice that like whether it's a spiritual practice or uh, if you're an atheist or something, having a practice that grounds you and relaxes you each day. Because we see a lot of people that are always going around doing things, yeah. but we're human beings. We got to be right. So <laughs> I like to say like we got to <laughs> do the um, the do be do kind of aspect of life. So you do things and then you be for a bit. And then you do things because yeah. you can't just be you're like mm. a YM Bay hippie. <laughs> 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 you got to do stuff you, so you can be able to reach all the, the goals of life that you want to reach. Yeah. So I think those are really important things to do. Circadian rhythm, what, what, what would you suggest there? Like, do, do you follow that quite a bit? Like, getting I up think it's so important. It's so important. Uh, yeah. I do. Um, yeah. I'm not so afraid of blue light. Mm -hmm. I, I think, like, I'd be destroyed right now in this booth with yeah. this blue lights <laughs> blue light is necessary uh i think the problem is some of the imbalance of mm. the light spectrum themselves uh i know copper is really important just as a mineral that helps entrain the circadian rhythm okay so i would be kind of keen on making sure my copper levels are good uh but at nighttime you want to have that red light on that's my opinion. That's what mm. we do in our bedroom. We have like a, a red tinted light. Mm. You don't need to use the, the LED light that they have here in Australia mm. for everything. Yeah. Um, and ideally, I think waking up early in the morning and spending some time uh, sun gazing. This doesn't mean staring at the sun, but mm. this means like, you know, getting that sun on you in the morning is really important. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, any particular topics that, that you're diving into at the moment that you really like to share? Yeah. <laughs> so lately I've been writing about copper. And, mm. and uh, if you've ever been to my website and you mm. see my mineral articles that I do, I, I jump into a lot of different science on things. Mm. So what I'm doing right now is on copper. And 
it's pretty intense, I'll be honest. So, yeah. uh, and it's one of the reasons why I think people should always consult with someone else is because even while I'm writing this article, I'm still learning more about copper each day. Yeah. And th that's what I've been doing, just writing about copper. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, whatever floats your boat. And last question. I ask you this question, by the way, they're a bit different to the last ones just because you have already been here. So I thought, well, you know, I want to know a little bit more about you. Like if you if you have one book that you recommend people looking into, it um, mm. doesn't have to be a mineral book, but, you know, like one that maybe has touched you or that you okay. think like I would really recommend one book. Oh, and why. one book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you're a reader, so you probably have quite a few in your head. I like The Quantum Doctor. Huh. Uh, I really like that book by Dr. Amit Goswami. Okay. Um, and the reason why I like it is because it takes you out of the idea that uh, the way to health is only looking at the physical approach because mm -hmm. hair testing is physical with some mental aspects to it. Like, yeah. you know, we can tell a little bit about that. But this kind of sets up the model for all practitioners and even doctors to kind of have a model that is more holistic together. So it's one of my favorite books. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So Quantum Doctor by... Dr. Amit Goswami, A-M-I-T, Goswami. Goswami, yeah. fantastic. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Awesome, and the time's already up, but um, there's always more to talk about, so I hope sure. uh, I will see you back again and uh, we explore something else. But this was really, really awesome. Really, really appreciate you taking the time of also explaining, you know, the ins and outs of, of, of something as, as basic as a test, but then mm. diving on to other things as well. So. We always do it, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, same here. So thanks very much for exploring and I'll see you next time. Bro. Awesome. Thanks, Sebastian. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Sauna Show. My name is Sebastian Mirau and this episode was sponsored by Clearlight Jacuzzi Saunas, the world's leading provider of superior quality, full-spectrum infrared saunas. You can find more information and resources for this podcast at thesaunashow.com, all one word, or on Instagram at thesaunashow. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with friends. Until next time, have the best day ever.